Good morning and welcome to worship. I always love it. Trisha did a beautiful opening this morning about coming into the house of the Lord. And it is. It's always such a beautiful thing to gather together as God's people. So I'm glad you're here with us in person and those online. We're glad that you are with us even though you're not in this house. You are in his house because he is with you wherever you go. If you happen to be joining for the first time today, I am Pastor Ann, and I'm honored and blessed to serve alongside Pastor Andy here at The Way, and know that we are glad that you're here today, and you're always welcome in this place. We are committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Our scripture today is Romans 8. 18 to 25. So let's read together and and share the word of God. Listen as uh, we read Paul's words, God's words given to him. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Please join me in prayer. <coughs> Dear most gracious God, we come to you today, Lord, that you speak into our hearts the hope that we all have, we all lay claim to. And so, Lord, we ask that you open our eyes, that you open our hearts, that you open our ears to hear the word that you have for each of us individually and collectively today. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. As we continue our study in Romans 8 this morning, I just want to reflect a couple of minutes back on what the Apostle Paul has already shared with us. Paul began in verses 1 to 8, explaining that when we are in Christ, we have been set free from the law of sin and death. Freedom. And with this liberation from our human nature comes no condemnation. We are no longer condemned. Hallelujah. In Christ, we have been given the power to choose a better way to live. We now have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of us. I'm going to say that again. We now 
have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of us. We no longer have to be dominated by our human nature with the focus on self. We can now choose to be led by the Spirit of God. And as we follow the Spirit's leading in our lives, our focus changes. We begin focusing on the same things that Christ focused on. And as we do, we grow closer and closer to our Heavenly Father as we continue to grow in the image of His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been given a new position with no condemnation and new life in the Spirit. New position and new life. Hallelujah. Then in verses 12 to 17, Paul describes the relationship we now have with God. <coughs> Pastor Andy explained, in, explained to us that we've been adopted into God's family. In verse 14 of, of Romans 8, it instructs us, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We're now children of our Heavenly Father. And as children, we're not only heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We have a new relationship as children of God. As we move into today's scripture, Paul does something interesting. He starts by talking about the suffering of the world in which we live. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now, while our new identity in Christ brings new life, it still entails suffering but there is hope of glorious things. Even though the kingdom of God has broken into our lives, God's reign is not yet fully manifest. Sin or separation from God is evident in our world in so many different ways. It's so easy as we watch the news to feel the weight of all the conflict in this world in which we live. The war in Ukraine, hunger, chronic illness, loneliness, despair, abuse, divisiveness, and hate abound all around us. People disrespecting laws as if they don't exist and disrespecting each other with threats and name-calling. The world is indeed still full of suffering. But God. But God gives us a way to rise above all of that, even as we live in the midst of it. When we are obedient to the spirit of love, we can rise above those things. Adoption into the family of God carries a price. It involves discipline. 
It involves putting to death the deeds of the body. God has to fit us for our high calling, high and holy calling of being his representatives in this world. And even though the world often looks bleak, God is still at work. And where is he at work? In us and through us. Did you catch the last part of Paul's sentence? He says, our sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. In us. Not the glory that's going to be revealed, but the glory that's going to be revealed in you. The glory that's going to be revealed in me. So Paul continues speaking of the hope of what is to come. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. Are you getting, there's a theme here that the glory of God is going to reveal itself where? In us. In us, the people that he has called to follow him. And we get this message that creation is waiting. And it's not only waiting, but it's waiting with eager expectation. And again, what is, that, what is creation waiting for? Creation is waiting with eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. The fall of mankind involved all of creation. The plant world, a tree. The animal world, a serpent. And mankind, Adam and Eve. And all of creation experienced the curse of disobedience, just as we still suffer the curse of disobedience when we fail to follow the Spirit's leading. But there is hope for a better day. There will be a day when all of creation will be restored, everything, but not yet. First, the children of God have to be revealed. Later in Romans, in chapter 12, Paul instructs us, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul continues in chapter 12 to outline what this will look like in our lives as we follow the Spirit's leading. 
you might want to go home and read chapter 12. It's a good one. It's all good. (laughs) But it's a good one too. Before all of creation can be restored, though, God is working in the lives of his children, you and me, transforming us into the likeness of his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we wait. Paul compares this waiting with the pains of childbirth. Now, you guys don't know what that's like, but we ladies who've had children, we know what that's like, right? <coughs> and it's, <coughs> it's not always easy. But Paul compares it to the pains of childbirth. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, for we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Now, in our experience of the Holy Spirit, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. We get a taste of the glory that waits as, that we are, that shall be as we wait for God to complete the full redemption of creation. Paul shares with us here that the final adoption will also include the redemption of our bodies. But these will not be bodies that are victim to decay and death. We will have a spiritual body to house our spirit. A friend recently shared, <coughs> excuse me, a friend recently shared a book with me entitled, Imagine Heaven, Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future that Awaits You, by John Burke, a pastor who has studied thousands of new-death experiences in light of what scripture has to say about heaven. I couldn't help but think about this book and the description of the heavenly bodies that we will have as I read the words of the Apostle Paul about the redemption of our bodies. Remember how Paul began this scripture? He said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The glory that will be revealed in us, fully restored by God to be the people that he created us to be here, now, and to reign with him in the future, in the new heaven and earth, fully restored, even with new bodies. The Apostle Paul was absolutely certain that the human condition was not hopeless. He was definitely changed by his encounter with the risen Lord, totally changed from one who was going out seeking to persecute the early church into one of the early church's most outspoken advocates to the point where he received persecution His present sufferings involved persecution. 
As he draws this section of scripture to a close, he leaves us with these reassuring words. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we will wait for it patiently. Reminds me of my, one of my favorite scriptures from Deuteronomy where it says, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. As we're waiting patiently, we are seeking God with everything we have. Hope has to do with something pleasant that's going to take place in the future. We will be fully restored, including our bodies, when the new heaven and the new earth come. So while we're waiting, we can rest assured that the Spirit of God wants to lead, guide, and direct our steps today and every day. But wait we must in order to hear his leading. Only then can we follow. Regardless of what is going on in our world and regardless of what is going on in our personal lives, we have a hope that we can hold on to. A better day is coming. God is still at work in us. In the 7th century BCE, the prophet Isaiah was given a vision of the life to come when the old Jerusalem and all the endless conflict of the Middle East will finally come to an end under the peaceful rule of God. Hear the words of Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 18 to 22. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders. But you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again and the moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow will end. Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands for the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. 7th century BCE. Isaiah had a, a vision of what it was going to look like. We will be in a place with no sadness, no fear, no hate, no illness, no death. There will be no darkness because God's light will shine without ceasing. Do you know someone today who is in need of such hope? The hope of a new position 
with no condemnation. The hope of new life led by the Spirit. The hope of a new relationship adopted as children of God. And the hope of a bright and glorious future of restoration. I leave you with this challenge. Share the hope of the good news with at least one person this coming week. The hope is not only for us. It's for us to share. Jesus has instructed us as he did those disciples so many years ago. Go and share the good news. Please join me in prayer. Dear most gracious God, we thank you for your word, your word of hope, that you're not finished with any of us yet, that you are still at work in our lives, bringing us into um, the glory of the children revealed. developing us into the people that you created us to be, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you that your Holy Spirit has been given to us to lead God and direct us in all things. And so, Lord, we ask that you lay on our hearts, each of us, someone who needs to hear this good news. And, Lord, if it happens to be ourselves, that need to be reminded of this, that you sink it deep into our soul. That we may know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we're one of those children in which your glory will be revealed. And so, Lord, we lift it to you. And we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen.